You're listening to Drums and Guns with your hosts, Brian DeChristopher and Jason Touchstone. The gentleman that we're speaking with, you know, David, obviously, in that he is a deputy with the Pasco County Sheriff's Office, and he is a helicopter pilot. He's also a drummer and uh, was signed with Regency Records back in the 90s with a band called Arsenal, which I ended up playing with for 10 years myself. Anyways, and we'll move past that. We'll get into what you're doing now, which is awesome. You fly freaking helicopters. Yes. Yep. I started flying helicopters probably about 15 or 18 years ago. Um, kind of took that up after uh, effects of 9-11 ended uh, my other flying career. Which was? Oh, actually, I flew for a regional airline. Uh, I was a captain for a regional airline for a while. And I, I started that after, after uh, I left the music industry. And then uh, didn't know what to do with myself. So somebody said, hey, why don't we try flying small airplanes? And then one thing led to another. And the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it, the more I liked it, the more expensive it gotten. And somebody said, why are I getting paid? I was like, hey, never thought about that. Figure this, you know, a few years later, poof, here I am. Mm -hmm. And you get to hunt people down from the yeah. air. Yeah, yeah, we, we do quite a bit of hunting. Um, it's... Um, you know, unfortunately, and some I means bad for the world, but uh, yeah, business is good. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, well, actually they said, do you hunt? And I said, yes, I do. I, I hunt humans. And of course they're like, oh my God, what are you doing? You can't hunt humans. And it's like, well, we, we don't slaughter them. We just take them to jail, but that's another story. <laughs> right. But it is fun when you get to watch the attack dogs do their business on people. Oh yeah, my God. Um, there, it's it's um, canines. We we work hand in hand with the canines. Um, we it's a little bit of love hate relationship. Uh, we work together quite well with them. There's a lot of uh, competition. Uh, we like to get the catch. Uh, we like to be the reason for the catch, and so do they. Mm -hmm. uh, goal is uh, to to get the bad guy, and right. so we work quite a bit to to make sure that happens in a, a safe, prudent manner. Hopefully the bad guy gives up before he becomes a Scooby snack. Yeah, I've seen a couple. Um, I'm sure it doesn't compare anywhere near because this is in training, but I've seen some training videos of gentlemen taking different breeds of dog and taking the full brunt of their attack um, and grading them based on amount of impact, how hard they hit you, and then crushing power they have on your arm. And well, man, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I wouldn't want I it. I mean, these guys that, that we work with, I mean, they're, they're young men, they're strapping young lads. It's definitely a, a, a young man's game. I, I mean, I, I would pale in comparison to their physical uh, capability now, but it, th those guys are absolutely amazing. The dogs are amazing. What they, what the dog can be trained to do, um, how they get the job done and, and how they work together as a team mm -hmm. to, a common goal accomplished but let me tell you those dogs are absolute powerhouses and if i ever found myself facing the wrong end of the dog i would absolutely show them my hands before i got that hit that dog think about an 85 pound thing hitting you at 30 miles an hour and it's connected to a chainsaw um so you know i i would i would definitely think twice if um if i was the bad guy wanting to confront the dog it's not gonna if you're in that type of confrontation it's not gonna go well for you Right. And yeah. we have a missile. Um, and I'm sure you, you made mention of the videos and like you see the dog in full gallop and then launch from 15, 20 feet away and then hit the guy and take him right off his feet. Mm -hmm. uh, 
our guys train in, in bite suits. I mean, that's how they, they work with the dog and, and teach them different tactics. But uh, when you see the guys coming out of training with puncture marks through the bite suit, um, that's, that's significant. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, after me. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I'm glad I'll never be in myself or find myself in the position of having to take one of those impacts. No. Well, I mean, you I mean, know, hopefully, I mean, you know, obviously something would be really seriously awry if, if that took place, but. For a conversation, Brian, that if, um, if you ever find yourself down here, uh, visiting, mm. then please come on by and I can maybe help arrange a, uh, a trip in the bite suit. <laughs> oh my God. And I can just imagine because I've got a bar of titanium that runs from my wrist all the way past this elbow up to here. Uh, right. Yeah. And luckily it allows me to still open my arm, but can you imagine if a dog got a hold of this arm and just, Oh my gosh. No, they're, they're, they're absolutely incredible at what they do. I, mm -hmm. I know the deepest respect goes out to the handlers, the dogs themselves, what they can get done, how they get it done. It's just absolutely amazing to watch these dogs work and not even from a bite aspect. Um, mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago, I, I had a stint with uh, Florida fish and wildlife as a pilot for them. And their dogs, uh, the, the FWC uses, there are no bite dogs anywhere in the agency. They're all resource protection. And they have dogs that can sniff out certain types of meats, uh, fish, poultry, um, drugs, uh, weapons, um, even a gun that hasn't been used in several hours or even days, the dog can actually go track the weapon and they call it an item or an article search. And uh, it's, it's really fascinating to watch how these animals uh, do their job. Yeah, because I've heard that some, I mean, I know we're going way outside of what you do, but this is an interesting topic and you seem to know quite a bit about it, which is awesome. But uh, um, I've heard that some of them are trained so well with their sense of smell that, you know, when, when working with the fish and wildlife, that they can tell whether it's fish that they're going after what type of fish they're going after. So yes. because there are certain breeds you're not allowed to fish at certain times. Yeah. And they can smell that specific type of fish and, and alert. Yeah. I mean, it, you think about the, the, uh, the, uh, the sniffer on the dog. And I mean, it, 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 it is, there's no comparison between a human, human snout and a, and a dog snout and right. what the dog can actually uh, decipher with its nose. And you're absolutely right. They, they can, uh, they can track uh, turkey, deer, uh, um, different form, like you said, different varieties of fish, whether it's a grouper or uh, um, uh, redfish or whatever. And it, mm -hmm. it, it's amazing to watch those animals work. It really is. And they, they put them on a boat. Uh, they'll turn the dog loose on a, on a vessel and it'll go right to a compartment. And all right, well, let's open up the compartment. And they, they open up the compartment and find out that there's all 100 pounds of some type of illegal uh, catch in there and well it's going to mm -hmm. be a bad but yeah. uh yeah it's amazing how they work yeah it's pretty impressive so now but you fly choppers i do i do it's a lot of fun uh you know and it's it's been a blast it really has i've had a good run been a good career um great choice um a lot of you know there's a lot of days that that um a lot of folks go to work and they might have a boring day i can honestly say there's very few of my days are boring um, I can imagine. If, any, if anything, some of them, it's like, all right, can we just stop already? Because I've had enough. But uh, the flying aspect is wonderful. It really is. Putting something that I've uh, developed a love for aviation and then 
getting into law enforcement post airline career um, and, and having the thrill of the catch as well as the thrill of the flying is just a, a great marriage of skill. And it, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun, very rewarding. Have you, have you found yourself, uh, do you find yourself getting caught up in the moment at all and have to have to be careful about yourself being on an open line or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. I mean, okay. everything reported, um, you know, so uh, we are cognizant of that fact. Uh, we, we try not to have that, you know, faux pas type thing where it shows up in court and we're saying something that mm -hmm. shouldn't be. Right, um, something derogatory, right. You uh, hunt, track, catch mode. It, it is very coordinated, it's very professional. Uh, we, you know, sometimes if we have an extended search and it, the person's been very elusive um, and then we finally get them, we get excited about the catch itself and, and, and we, we kind of share some of that back and forth. Um, but the tapes are never edited, they can't be their evidence. Uh, right. And they get to our evidence uh, program and then uh, they get used in court, however the attorney see fit. But, um, I would say that no crew that I'm aware of that I've ever worked with has had anything like that occur. And hopefully we won't have that. We try to keep it professional. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a great answer. Thanks. I appreciate Are that. you most mostly going after people using thermal? Um, great question. It just depends on what we're looking for. Um, it depends on the time of day or the night. Um, we do use an, a, a technology called forward looking infrared or FLIR for short an acronym um, FLIR is a brand as well as a technology. So there's several different companies that out there that offer FLIR technology, um, as well as the company itself called FLIR. Um, there's L3 Communications, they offer uh, something. There's, a, a, there's one called TRACA. Uh, there's also FLIR Corporation itself. And it's basically a, an infrared spectrum imager. Um, so it builds an image on our screen based on heat dissipation. So everything around us, uh, everything we touch, see, smell, sit on, stand next to, uh, generate either generates heat or dissipates heat at a different rate. And then that gizmo allows us to see something based on those dissipation rates. Um, so it builds an image. So when the bad guy is hiding on the inside of a shed and his heat silhouette is transmitted through the aluminum, hey, head 30 yards to your right. And uh, we got an image in there. I got a hot spot, not sure about its origin but there's a hot spot against that wall, could be human. And the dog goes to work and bad guy gets caught. That's See, that's why I used to love live PD. <laughs> we've, we've had, uh, well, we were, we were actually, uh, Pasco was actually signed up to live PD for quite some time. Um, uh -huh. and, I'm sure, and I've had lots of folks ask me, oh my God, do you know, you know, Shemp? Oh yeah, of course I know Shemp. I know his handler very well. We fly with him. We put the dogs in the helicopters. Um, we we uh, we definitely desensitize the dog to the machinery. So mm -hmm. if there's a need for deployment, you know that that would be possible if the, the uh, need ever arose. But yeah, we live PD was great while it lasted. And one of the the funniest things that I remember was um, uh, going on a call. I don't even remember what the call was, but on our FLIR, we also use a uh, laser. And it's basically kind of, um, it allows the pilot to see what the tactical flight officer or the FLIR operator is looking at without looking at the screen. So while I have on night vision goggles, I can see the infrared laser track across 
whatever it is we're looking for. Um, so on live PD, when they were using infrared um, cameras, um, you know, night vision cameras to look at the scene, you'd see a red laser go scan across the top of a house or across a set of cars or something like that. And if you didn't know what it was, you might think there was a weapon being pointed at, at the item. And in fact, it was actually the FLIR scanning the, the device. Um, oh. But several times on, on live PD and it's like, holy crap, that's, that's, a, that's the TFO's laser pointing at the, uh, at the object. It's kind of neat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do they also have with the laser system, you can tag people, right? Um, you can't necessarily tag the person. And now I'm not going to say that that technology doesn't exist, okay. but we don't have military grade. Um, uh, you know, they're not military grade weapon systems. They're, they're, uh, they're used in, in a law enforcement realm. Um, right. So law enforcement realm, it's kind of like hunt and produce. Um, so we have mapping. So if I have the mapping system, uh, the mapping system is married to the FLIR. And then if I see an article get dropped, like say a gun, a backpack while somebody's on foot or on a motorcycle or, or in a car throwing things out the window. We you can, can GPS locate it, right? We can, we can uh, uh, you know, like geo-reference the, the, uh, um, uh, the item and go back and send people after it later on. Uh, we use that actually with a bank robbery. Um, we found the person digging uh, hiding the money and of course they didn't know they were being watched and we just tagged the location and once we made the arrest they're like well i'll never tell you where the money is well you don't need to uh here's the um so you know we just go back and collect the evidence and everybody goes to jail and and the guy gets his money back so life is good what a rewarding job fun, man it really is i mean it, you know I mean, you know, playing guitar, singing, playing in bands, playing drums, being out. I mean, there's, there is no greater thrill than having people tune into your music, be part of your music, listen to who you are, tune into what you're doing and your message, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And, but I got to say with the flying, I've either met or exceeded uh, that. Um, it, it's playing live. There's no rush like playing live. Well, when you climb into that helicopter, wrap it on for the day's uh, business there's also no feeling that can match that as well so i got lucky enough to be able to find something that can still feed the need that playing drums did for me for many many years and that's been really a, a, a lack of a better way of saying it, really a, to tie tie those things together and still be able to have that that uh, rush have that thrill as well as get something useful done with what i've done with those two skills so while for you it's thrilling and there's a rush what's your wife think about you flying a helicopter finding criminals oh she loves it as a matter of fact my wife's oh. um so you know a lot of people tease me like my house um the room that we're in right now i, I know you probably can't see it but it's it's my drum room it's where i keep my uh my uh acoustic now electrified drum kit in any arsenal memorabilia, as long as, and in, in uh, hand in hand with some of the um, other things that I've collected over the years flying wise, but everything in my house is some kind of airplane junk. Uh, for example, the table is the horizontal stabilizer off of an OH-58 helicopter. Um, and I didn't bring it home one day and say, oh honey, look what we made and this is it. She's like, holy crap, that would be a great coffee table. What? 
you know, it's like, and guys always ask me, like, man, where did you find her? Easy at the airport. If you want the girl that wants airplanes, go look at the airport. That would be where you'll find her. Don't go to the bowling alley. Be sure you'll find a chip that likes bowling. Now, if or you're in things. your drum, <laughs> if you're in your drum room, do we see your drums? Well, I suppose you What's can. Your kit. So it's uh, an old school uh, Tama kit that has now has um, Roland electric symbols, a two box uh, brain that I feed into. Well, I did feed into a, um, uh, my uh, um, Mac uh, MacBook Pro. And then I use Logic. And then right behind uh, I, uh, the iPad that I'm broadcasting on is a monitor that I use for the mixer as well as set of a, a set of mixed speakers. And I have a set of PA speakers in the room as well if I decided to play semi-acoustically. Um, and your but, wife's okay with that too. Oh, it was her idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that, that's the beauty of this. It's like, I've, I've got somebody in my life that not only... Uh, is fun to be around, understands what I want to do, but actually likes being part of it as well. So um, I met her at the airport. Uh, she was a student pilot. Um, long story short, I taught her how to fly. She has her own pilot's license. And um, many, many times she's taken her girlfriends out flying or whatever. And the great part about it and, uh, is having somebody tied into my life that like, hey, listen, I got to go do this and I'm going to be gone two days. Instead, oh, no, you're not going to spend any time with me. It's like, hey, great. Hey, when you're there, can you can you take some pictures of that cool place you're going to be? Or let me see the the helicopter you're flying or the airplane. And and having that type of discussion, what a, you know, what a rewarding thing for me to be able to have somebody to tie into that with. So when I go out and uh, go to work, um, you know, a somber side of this uh, life is um, every month of this year, um, so far, we have buried one um, law enforcement officer from the Tampa Bay area, killed in the line of duty for various reasons. Uh, so there's no, there's absolutely no um, denying that what we do is dangerous. Um, when I do go to work, my office contains weapons. Um, my office has a great view, uh, but it also contains a weapon uh, or several weapons, depending on what the particular operation is that we're working on or doing. So there is some bit of, um, hey, be safe today. Hey, just thinking about you. I hope everything went smoothly today uh, during that whatever it is you're involved in. And, you know, I'm isolated from some of what the guys do on the ground because I don't work the road any longer. But there was a time when I did and uh, to learn law enforcement. And it, it, it was a fun, rewarding thing there, too. But I'm happy to have the aspect that I'm involved in now and having her understand uh, its origin, where it comes from, and what I need to do to get the job done. Good gift. And it's fun. We we it, you know, and it works. You know, the, the best yeah. news for her in our relationship, it works. Um, some folks, it doesn't work. Uh, unfortunately, the divorce rate is high amongst law enforcement uh, individuals for a myriad of reasons. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of things that go on that that. Uh, Hey man, whether you're wearing a uniform or not, at the end of the day, we're all still human. Right. Um, some folks have a hard time dealing with the with the realities of the job. Uh, we in a um, I don't know, like uh, if you're if you're looking at the big picture item, you see the worst in people continuously. 
Um, and that's another tie, Brian, why I want to bring it back to Jason is, is the um, ability to also have a, a thing in life where I can see the good in people, and that's aviation. Um, aviation in itself, I do a lot of flying on the side. I do a lot of teaching on the side. I do some corporate stuff on the side. And that allows me to understand and still realize that there are good people in the world. Mm-hmm. And 10% of the people are causing 90% of the problems, but that 90% of the people are still good people. And right. some hard to get uh, decipher that or, or uh, disseminate that and pull away from it. And, and if you're immersed in it at a daily rate, like a lot of the ground guys are, and um, hopefully we have a thing at work and it's, and it goes like this, it, uh, it's uh, actually put out by the agency and it says, it's okay to not be okay, but it is not okay to stay that way. Right. The mental health aspect of all of us is vitally important. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing an uptick in mental health issues. Uh, it, maybe it's fueled by drugs, but I don't know. Um, let, I'm not. A, do, let me inter, let me interject here. Yeah. <clears throat> do you think that could also be because of the quantity of people just keeps growing in the country and in each state? I mean, you're going to get the bad element is going to keep growing as well, and then they're going to become bolder and bolder because the pickings are more obvious. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, well, I mean, anytime, anytime you have. A growing population um you know if, if we all lived on five acres in montana we would never see our neighbors therefore there would be no problems right. but when you have a condensed populace you're absolutely going to have more problems due to that um that's why um you know rural pds or rural um, um, law enforcement entities they have problems too but mm-hmm. when you make an, an urban element of it together and um you know, and I, I know we've all seen recently the riots and things that are going on like that, a mob mentality and, and, and unfortunate things that have happened that none of us really have any control over, but we do have to either respond or react to. And um, watching these things occur, being part of these things, it, and it, I do think it's absolutely population driven, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to imagine that uh, it makes it tough on you when you have. I mean, because you're doing an honorary job or, 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 or an honorable job, I should say, a very honorable job that well, deserves an unmeasurable amount of respect, in my opinion. And, you know, and I'll, I'll proclaim that when I was younger, I wanted to be a police officer. That was my desire. That's that's what I wanted to do. It, well, but, I have had that thought at some point in our lives, you know, it's like, oh, I want to be a cop. Oh, I want to be a doctor. Oh, I want to be an astronaut. Yeah, and some guys do all of it. So, yeah. I mean. No, no, I really, really wanted to do it, but uh, no, it's my my lungs kept me from doing it. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. My uh, fit, you know uh, bronchial issues living in Florida killed me pretty much. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You you know how how yeah we're somebody's about to turn on the humid switch here real soon. We're gonna think we're gonna get one more good nice weekend, and then it's gonna be uh, blistering for the next five months. Uh, it's gonna be very oppressive. <laughs> <laughs> the air, where? But yeah, you were talking about people on on the job i mean it is a daily it really is it's a daily stress thing it's and and a lot of people uh don't have the psychological aptitude or the psychological support either at home or in their lives to be able to handle what their brain is taking in every single day and Uh, i know go ahead i was going to say and i would imagine it it could be a lot for people if they don't have that positive thing 
everybody's different. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we process differently. We all uh, have joy differently. We all have grief differently. We all process good information, bad information. We all do it at different rates and different different ways. We we never can arrive at the same thing at the same time just because we're all individuals. But, uh, you know, if you do have any issues, if someone did have any problems, and it doesn't matter about law enforcement, it's any aspect, any job can be stressful. It's a mm -hmm. job, mm -hmm. you know, how you, your coping mechanism. Um, uh, maybe you're, you're uh, you know, maybe you are a doctor or a surgeon or whatever the case may be. And, and that is a lot of stress, but your joy is golfing. And, and that is the thing that gets you out and, and allows you to have the release that you need to get your mind centered so that you can go back and do your job effectively. I think it's vitally important that anybody, uh, regardless of career choice or, or whatever, has something outside of that entity that they can enjoy or tie into. Mm -hmm. And I, me, I go to work and I fly, but when I get home, I go fly. Um, and it, it's a different type of flying, um, you know, so it, it, it's a different type of flying. So that's my release, that's my fun. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's and it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, you know, I make a lot of social networking posts and some of them I'm sure you agree with, some you don't. But one of, <laughs> right, which is what makes us adults, right? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I had said, and I don't think a whole lot of people got what I was trying to say, but you just touched on it. Everybody has to have something that they do to take their mind off the stresses of their daily grind. Whether it's, you know, pushing T-shirts at the local mall or, you know, having to put somebody down with three rounds through the chest, you know, God forbid I, you should have to do that. But yeah, I mean, we, uh, we've, uh, you know, we've had a couple of things go sideways here in the last couple of weeks that, you know, I don't think any I've known I've known many uh, deputies, uh, officers and whatnot have been involved in, in uh, on the job uh, shootings. And I, I don't think anybody goes to work with the mindset of I'm going to kill somebody today. Right. Nobody God forbid wants if they to, would. No, nobody, nobody wants to wear that badge. I mean, right, you know, right. I hope I never, ever have to draw a weapon and um, use it. Uh, mm -hmm. That would be the last thing in the world I would want to do. However, we've also come to the mindset. We live in a violent world. We live in a violent place. And, and if the need arises, I shall do it to protect the constitution of the United States, as well as the constitution of the state and protect the innocence that I was hired to protect. Right. Um, sometimes that comes at a high price. Um, but you also have to have a mindset of being willing to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a proponent of violence, but I absolutely, you know, um, you know, why do we have peace? Because you have peaceful men that are willing to do extreme violence to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that might, that may not uh, ring very well with some folks. And I, I hope I never have to be violent. I don't want to be violent. Um, the good news is while I'm flying the helicopter, I don't have to. Um, right. And we do have a fur missile that will be happy to take care of the majority of that violence if you so choose for it to go that direction. But um, I don't know anybody that's ever got up in the morning and said, hey, man, I want to go shoot somebody today. Um, okay. Wow. I, I, that would suck. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that kind of a mindset. You know, I mean, there are people that do have that mindset. You know, thank God we don't know any. Yeah. But uh you know, um, but uh, the reason why I bring up the hobbies is because you have to have that. And, but everybody's different. So everybody's hobbies are different. So you might have a guy that's into racing cars or Absolutely. 
somebody that's into really buying nice suits. I mean, it could be anything, right? That's your thing that you're into. Cigars. What, what yeah, oh, I love cigars. Don't get me started <laughs> back into that. I knew that. But, <laughs> but yeah, a cigar and a nice brandy or a nice cognac. Yeah, I'm down. But my thing is, is where I have a problem is when society starts telling people what they can and can't do for their hobby, which mine is going to the shooting range and putting little pieces of metal a hundred yards away through a piece of paper and try to get it into a hole that small. Well, and if I can do that, I get a self-accomplishment, right? And I yeah. feel relieved. It relieves my stress. I'm happy. But you have people telling me I can't do that. That's not cool. Well, we, we have, uh, uh, you know, there's always going to be the ebb and flow of legislature. Uh, there's going to be the ebb and flow of uh, law, lawmakers, how they arrive at what they're going to arrive at. And some of it we have control over via, via voting. Some of it we have no control over. Mm -hmm. um, folks a long, long time ago decided that uh, we were going to have a, a, uh, a right in this country to, to bear arms, uh, to keep and bear arms. And obviously we're in a time where there's some of that's a bit of a controversy and I'm sure it will be for quite some time to come. Um, I think you and I are, are fairly parallel in our thought process in this. And, um, you know, not, I don't want to tell you that thou shalt not have guns. There are definitely people in this world that do not need to have a gun. I'll agree um, with you. But uh, there again, though, too, the violence that occurs and has occurred isn't I should and, and again I'm not a statistician and I hope I don't if you, you had any negative comments if this got actually put in your, your interview or the podcast that I'm I'm not I don't hope that anybody I don't any ever want anybody to die from gun violence ever. Right. But if I want an AR-15 or a uh, M4 or a uh, whatever type of new handgun that just really makes me happy and I'm a law-abiding citizen buying it legally and making the, the proper documentation with the proper background check, and I have purchased the weapon legally, I hope that we can always have that right to do as we wish. Mm -hmm. um, we've all enjoyed that thus far, and I hope that the law-abiding citizen will not be infringed upon to be different uh, from, from that level. I always hope that we have that right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we live in a time where there's different opinion now. Uh, there's some strong case cases being made by some folks that that um, they may have something to say about it in years to come. I hope that is not the case, or at least I hope that's not the case in my lifetime. Right, right, yeah. You know, and I've I've been noticing a lot of uh, turmoil being caused by stories being re-released about legislation going on or things of that nature, um, where it seems to be trying to restir the pot of stuff that's already been settled. And one of those in particular that drives me crazy is everybody on about background checks. They're going to start background check. I'm sorry. They've been doing it for, I don't know how long already. I mean, when I bought my first firearm in Florida, what, almost 40 years ago, yeah. there was a background check, yeah. <laughs> you know? I I, I don't know if you remember this, Brian, but I mean, back in the day when, when you were here, I mean, I worked at a pawn shop and we had hundreds of guns in the pawn shop. And that was part of our job was to either buy and sell guitars, buy and sell drums, buy and sell jewelry, buy and sell guns. 
and it came with a, a background check that was that was administered by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. It is still administered today. Uh, whatever criteria they use to check, I don't know. I'm not part of FDLE. Uh, mm-hmm. How it is something that any any legal uh, purchase is ha- purchaser has to go through, and for whatever fee that they charge, and we all go through it. Mm-hmm. I, I badge and I carry a card that says I'm a law enforcement officer in the state of Florida under Chapter 943. Good for me, but when I go buy a gun, I still have to have a background check, mm-hmm. and no exceptions. There's no exemptions to that that I know of, and I don't care. That's okay with me. I'll. Right. I'll That's the law. Yeah, it's the law. That's what we. That's what we're supposed to, to do. And I'll, I, I, I don't care. I'll happily do the background check. I, it, it should be that way. Mm-hmm. And if you got nothing to hide, you got nothing to worry about. Is the way I see it. That's exactly right. Um, you know, and and we again, I, I gun violence is a is a hot button topic that we're going to face for a long, long time. And it's it's sad and it's unfortunate that the loss of life has occurred because of someone's mental mm-hmm. instability. Um, I would never, ever wish that on anyone. Um, I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've been, uh, I've been on scene where there's, you know, uh, people shot, people dead, uh, due to gun violence. And, you know, I can't imagine what a family has to go through. Um, Mm -hmm. they, uh, they get that phone call. Uh, I, I hope I never get a phone call, uh, in regard to that, but, you know, people are people and, um, going to do things and i just hope that uh that we get to continue to enjoy our second amendment right for many many years so just out of curiosity what's your personal carry it depends (laughs) um it depends on what i'm doing and where i'm going um i have i have two xds 45s uh springfields um i also keep a uh, the ruger um the little um lcp2 I keep that for, that's basically the pocket gun. And um, I also carry an M4. Okay. Jason has a 357. I'm trying to get him to speak up. Jason, tell- uh, Oh no, I, it's, I'm, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So what do you have? What do you- Yeah, I have a, a Ruger a 40 cal actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Re- revolver that, I'm very inefficient with. Um, it's very difficult for me to shoot that. And I have a CZ nine mil that's much louder, but is much more, I'm able to control it. Yeah, I mean, CZ has been, I, I remember selling those at the pawn shop, you know, when they, they first started coming over from, from the Eastern Bloc nations, they were kind of like, Ugh. you know, but they, the quality's changed a lot. Uh, people have really gravitated toward them, a great little gun, sure. Yeah, and they just bought Colt firearms. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's like I, rem- I remember there was a couple of, if I'm not mistaken, Brian, there was a couple of posts about that on your, your Facebook page at some point. But um, Yeah, it seems like a conflict of interest to me. I mean, when you got a government telling you, I'm just gonna, I don't want to get into politics too deep. I try to stay away from that, but I, we're already touching that just talking about guns. But um, my thing is, is that if you've got a government telling you that they're going to start confiscating. Okay, they're not going around going to take people's guns. That's that's BS. Anybody that's saying that, saying that I think is a bunch of crap. We're not in the Nazi regime here. What I think they will do is they will ban the future purchase and shipment into the country of 
stuff being made outside of the U.S. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm not so, ex- huh? I mean, excuse I, me. I was going to say that the other thing that I think that they might try banning, and I say they, well, who is they? It's like Area Man. Um, but um, <laughs> oh, it's, it's uh, they may try banning ammo. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you can have whatever gun you want, but you can't get anything to put in it. They can um, play that game. Yeah. Sure. I mean, we're, we're going to, we're going to go down a bumpy road, um, you know, so well, we'll see. And, and it's interesting because I have a friend, I'm not going to name his name. If I can get him on this show, I will, but he hasn't said yes yet. Okay. And, but the reason why I mentioned him is that he's involved in the music industry, um, but he also builds pneumatic weapons, which don't take any type of combustible projectile. Right, right, right. Um, you can use anything in it, provided it doesn't go beyond the diameter of the barrel, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it, uh, let's uh, not that it's exactly the same, but there's always alternative thought processes like mm-hmm. uh, type of uh, uh, biodegradable or biodiesel fuels, um, mm-hmm. some other than or alternative whatevers. For you know, and and what has occurred over time, ever since man has been mother is the necessity of invention. So mm-hmm. one thing goes away, something else will reappear, and it might be a like kind, mm-hmm. but uh, We'll see what happens. I mean, people are smart and they're not going to sit back and, and watch the world melt. They'll find a way to protect themselves. Yeah. You know, it was a rock. <laughs> the very, very first one was a rock. It wasn't a handgun. It wasn't an assault weapon. It was a rock. Right. You know, and all through the years, it's been whatever's handy and whatever just happens to be there. And, you know, last I heard statistically, and hopefully somebody will... You know, hopefully this podcast will become important enough for people to want to actually write in the comments section that they disagree with something we're saying. I, I, I hope for that. But what yeah. I'm going to say, huh? Some controversy is good, you know, and, and it, you know, conversation or, or uh, you know, uh, meeting of the mind sometimes comes at great disagreement. Sure. And, um, and, and that, that's a good thing. I, I just, you know, I hope it goes in the direction you would like it to go. <laughs> right. And that direction being that people will use whatever tool is at hand. Sure. And Weapon of- sure. Weapon of opportunity. And I think that statistically right now, tools in your garage, meaning a hammer, a screwdriver, a uh, scratching owl, Things like that, a chainsaw, a higher percentage of killing people with those than there is of people getting killed with guns. Sure. Because least, it's opportunity. We say it all the time. Look, I mean, you can take all the guns away that you want. It's not going to wipe out crime. Um, something else will manifest itself to take the place of the thing that was removed. Um, so are we going to outlaw um, um, plastic uh, straws, sporks? knives plastic knives i mean you know where, where does where does the where does the silliness begin or end uh we, we'll we'll see <laughs> it's going to be a fun ride well in some states they are outlawing outlawing all the plastics yes you know, well, and, which gets me because this this opens up an interesting question an interesting debate in itself because my thing is is if you're going to tell everybody they can't use plastic st- straws they can't use plastic knives and forks and all that kind of horse malarkey. Why are they allowing Coca-Cola and all those other companies to still sell their drinks in plastic bottles? 
it's not my straw that's clogging up the oceans <laughs> yeah and, well yeah I, I i don't know i mean we we could we could create a whole new podcast on the, the of silliness yeah but i don't know I, I don't i don't know that i'll ever understand what we're presented with or why um but i'll do my best to just wade through it the best i can and not get too much stuck to me on the other side so you guys have named some interesting things, Brian. You named some things in your garage, and I'm, I'd love to ask the officer. Zombie apocalypse. What's your weapon of choice? Oh wow, geez, I don't know. I mean, I would hope that I would have a lot of C4 on hand, but you know, I, I, <laughs> I've been, you know, I the supplies are low. I don't know where to get that stuff, and uh, you know, so. I, you know, that would probably be the weapon of choice if I uh, just had uh, Dave's world ready to, to make a purchase. But I don't know, you know, I'd have to just re re revert to what's in my safe. And uh, hopefully that holds them off while I escape in my airplane. How about that? So Perfect. what all do you have in your safe? Oh, and I told you a few things, but I also mm -hmm. keep uh, an AK-47 um, and it's a, a Romanian model. Mm -hmm. um, so have... Um, uh, it's a 762 by 54 bolt action um, uh, Russian uh, Russian gun. It's about nine feet long. Um, and I actually got it, believe it or not, it's going to sound hilarious. I don't know if you ever met my stepmother, Brian, but I actually got it from my stepmother. Um, oh. She did more. And um, she's like, would you like to have this thing? I was like, of course I would like to have it. Yes. So um, I also keep uh, some local BS repellent. Um, uh, I, a Mossberg 512 uh, gauge pump. Uh, that's just for you know close quarter uh, weapon for the house as well as the M4. And then I have some some stuff that's agency issued, um, but I've asked been asked to kindly asked to not to specify on those. Right. Um, but um, anyway, yeah. So uh, you know, am I well armed? It depends on who you ask. I mean, I got I got guys right now that that are friends of mine that. I, I got one cat, I fly for him part-time, and he literally has like the entire upper deck of his house is a giant gun safe. And if it's been manufactured, he's got one. And it's like, you walk in there and it's like adult candy land. And it's like, think of whatever you'd like to imagine. And he's got it. Not only has it, he's got the ammo for it. It's like, good God, man. I mean, it's just, it's just fun, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, he's invited me to come up and go shooting and, and do some things. And, and I'd love to. And I, not that I profess to be good at it. I just, I just, it's fun. It's competitive. My wife loves to shoot. Um, you know, she was actually, when I met her, she's from upstate New York. And of course, in New York, all things are bad, 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 guns bad. And uh, until I took her to the gun range and she figured out that it was competitive. Uh -huh. And now, like a bad case of, oh, you suck. Watch me group this. And, um, and it's just a lot of fun, man. We just have fun with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it just weapons of choice. I mean, there's a million things I'd love to have, but then the reality of, I just don't make that much money. So I can't buy them all. Right. Yeah. They've got a new mini gun that just came out that, oh boy, <laughs> that would just be a lot of fun to cut down some trees with. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm from upstate New York myself. I was born up there and, the very first firearms I ever fired was up in upstate New York, you know, because it was more farming, more rural there. And my, my granddaddy had a, uh, a ranch up there that he raised uh, racing horses on. And so <laughs> we'd go out to the farm, you know, or the ranch or whatever you want to call it, take out the lever action 22s or 
the bolt actions and go out there and pop off the rats because I mean, you know, these, these rats were they're small, small dog, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that or the 12 gauge, take it out there and have a blast with them. And, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it really is. It's all about, it's the competition and competition with yourself. Sure. Because, yeah. because my, my biggest thing, and, and I, I'm going to be the first one to do this and slap myself on the back and say, I've got a God given talent. <laughs> For shooting some people just do right but even so not with handguns i'm going to say with rifles i'm going to correct myself not with handguns with rifles i'm better with rifles than i am with a handgun that's why i train more with a handgun anyway that all being said um even though having that capability you still have to test yourself and you have to go okay i have to restrain myself from breathing because my big thing, and this is the thing that it's personal competition. I have to train myself. Okay, finger off the side of the magazine onto the trigger. I'm ready to pull. The finger doesn't touch the trigger until I'm ready to pull, right? And then I go, well, I just blew my shot. So that's what I got to work on. And that's why I like to go out there and work on it and work on it and work on it. It's just like a painter not getting their strokes right or an ink master not getting their strokes the same boldness. You know what I mean? It's and, and let's, let's kind of twist it back to music for just a smidge of a second. And out sure. like when you're when you're first learning how to play an arpeggio, you know, you're and then you work slowly through it. Then you work then you work on a little bit more speed. And then as you're as you're you're plucking the note, then you learn how to pull it off as fast as you're put, plugging it on. Then you learn how to more of a sweep pick uh, technique or something like that. Same with the shooting. You know, you you you're building a block, you're building a skill. And then there's a lot of techniques out there that can help you in the breathing portion, so that when you you go on target and you get ready to deliver what you have to deliver, um, you can go into like a, I don't know if you've heard it, you probably have like a combat breathing technique. You know, and it's like, say, four seconds in, four seconds out, and you force yourself. And then when you get at the bottom of the exhale, you hesitate, take your shot, and then you get back into the combat breathing sequence. And then that sets you up for your next shot. Um, but having that wherewithal and not the excitement of it, but being able to deliver uh, when it's necessary and accurately, mm -hmm. you know, the competition of it's fun and it's learning how to get good at it. We, we have to qualify or we do qualify. I think we qualify twice a year. Um, sometimes it's more, um, but it, it's, it's always fun. I always enjoy it. It's usually a half a day out on the range doing what we do and, and the various weapons and the things that we have to qualify in. And, or if you want to carry be authorized to carry an off, off duty weapon, a personal gun. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just so much fun. Me and the wife used to love to go shooting all the time, but I quite honestly, since the, the now ammo prices are skyrocketing rocketing faster than property values, mm -hmm. uh, it's been kind of taking a back seat, but we'd love to get back out and go do some more. Yeah, it's pretty much become cheaper to take up golfing, hasn't it? Oh my, yeah, but yeah, but I have pasture pool just don't work for me, but that's it, yeah, it's different for everybody. Right. But always like things that go fast or go bang. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, so I get to beat the crap out of the drums instant gratification uh -huh. i get to go instant gratification get to go shoot stuff instant gratification um not that i'm necessarily instant gratification but it, it just i've always gravitated towards stuff that's that's uh 
kind of like in your face and in an interactive and wow. Um, I don't know. It's just always been more fun. For me. That's because you're a drummer. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> that whole personal violence thing. I get to beat the crap out of the drums. and <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because I always look at um, each type of musician has a certain personality thing about them that seems to be consistent with, you know, there's a certain thing about all drummers. There's a certain thing about all singers. There's a certain thing about all bass players. And it's like, and you could just take that label and just lay it right on and you could just pick them out of a crowd. Oh, I know that dude's a bass player. I know that dude's a drummer. You know what I mean? It's funny well, how it works out that way. Oh, yeah, never mind. I was going to pick on bass players for just a minute, but I, you know, it's like, sorry, Candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, one of the bass players have a cat, but that's another thing. Um, just a cat. But anyway, I'm sorry. There's a little, little uh, Dave humor there. But, um, I, you know, it's just, yeah, I agree. I mean, everybody's got their, their, their stick, and sometimes it's an easy read. Um, you know, but, you know, musicians are uh, a, a very curious breed. Um, you know, we've all, you know, evolved into different things. I mean, some of us are still doing it. Um, some of us are living that got lucky enough to make it a, a full-time gig for your entire career. Other folks, like myself, have had to morph into something different. Um, and, and that's okay. You know, we all found our, our peace with what we did. We all had fun with what we did. Um, look back at the times we had, like, with, with Arsenal or, or any of the, the you know, compilation LPs or CDs that came out or, or any of the other work we did and, and how much fun we had with Arsenal and the shows that we played and wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, great experience to draw from. Taught me a lot about people. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's it. It's been a great ride. You know, a lot of people have asked me um, over the years, why would you trade? Would you do something different? Eh, not really. I mean, if anything, I, if, I, if I could say it, if I could go back and redo something, maybe start flying sooner. Uh, so I could have enjoyed this ride a little bit longer. Uh, but I think we all have wanted that. Oh, I wish I could have been playing 30,000 seat arenas every night for the last 20 years. Well, you know, there's that 1% that do and good for them. And uh, mm -hmm. we need them. And they put out great music. And I, I love listening to all the folks that we've listened to. And it's just been a great ride. I wouldn't change anything, really. Well, you know, and one thing that I can say, and you'll agree with me, is that having both of us worked in Arsenal at different times, obviously. Well, yeah. and then for a brief period of time, we tried working together, just logistically didn't work out. Right. But all that being said, uh, what we got out of it was what, almost a 30, 40 year old family. Yeah. It's ironically funny because it's when in the law enforcement community and it happens all the time. I'll, I'll tell you one quick funny story that happened to me at Florida Fish and Wildlife is when they find out that I played in a band, they, they, in their mind, they're thinking, you know, I played at uh, uh, Hooters on Sunday afternoon with a, uh, an acoustic guitar and, and, a, and a hat flipped over while I played, you know, something, you know, they didn't understand, not that I'm picking on that, that's a wonderful thing, but right. we, those guys too, but, you know, when the, then I, I break out the pictures of the drum set and the stage setups and all the absurdities that, that we, that we uh, we transgressed through and and all the silliness that we did and the fun that we had and then this is the best part the hair it's like wow where did it go and you know hey man I got old what can I say but um you know when I 
pictures of me with with hair down halfway down my back and they're like holy crap that's you yeah that was me that's that's what i did mm-hmm. um and, and i don't know just i keep saying it it was just a lot of fun i had a lot of fun doing that stuff yeah it's it's kind of a shame uh because I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty new at it. We we pretty much talk about this almost on every episode about being either follically challenged or, you know, a turning gray and turning loose kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, until gosh, what four years ago, my hair was all has always been long down to my rear end, you know, at least. And now, yeah, woohoo! And I cut it all off, and I posted a picture on Facebook with uh, with Ashley and myself, and we were doing something. I think we were at a restaurant or something. Maybe it was a train. Anyway, regardless, somebody took a picture of us. We posted it on Facebook. And this guy gets on there and goes, well, you don't look anything like you used to. It's like, dude, it's time, man. What What do you want me to do about it? Turn over the hourglass the other direction? You know, I, and I mean, I, I, I've had a couple of folks in my life that, that, um, they had, they struggled with it. You know, I mean, they really did. It's like, man, I'm I'm getting older. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. dude, we can stop a lot of stuff, but you ain't going to stop the clock, you know? And, 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 uh, I, I, you know, when my hair started getting thin, I mean, eh, whatever, man, I don't care. This is me. You know, I, I, I honestly, I didn't care. You know, I had long hair when it was the time to have long hair. And when mm-hmm. it was time to go, it was gone. I never looked back, never, ever wished I have long hair again. And now it's like, it, this made me laugh. Somebody said to me, uh, I'll tell you the, the uh, FWC story in a second here, but they, the, they said to me, like, have you ever thought about growing your hair out? Yeah. Tell me how. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you go, now picture that hair that you had back in the 90s and put it on how you look right now. Would that be becoming? Oh, yeah, it'd be becoming all right. It'd be becoming kind of ugly. That'd be coming out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we, man, I rode that train for as long as I could ride it. I don't have, you know, it's like I got a number mm-hmm. one on the left on top and that's it. Because you know why? Because when I got my head stuffed in a helmet for eight hours, I don't need long hair. This is all I want anyway. And mm-hmm. if I go tomorrow, I don't care. It's not change the quality of my life one ounce. Right. It really wouldn't. But one of the things that made me laugh, and, and I'll, I'll make this brief, but it, it was so funny to me. When I got hired at Florida Fish and Wildlife, I had the most, uh, he turned out to be a very close friend, still a close friend. He, and, he was my boss initially, but we had this very long, dark hall that led to our, our office. And it was basically in the basement of the building we were in, in uh, downtown Tallahassee. That's, that's where we were stationed. And um, he went on the internet being the smart ass that he could be. And he found a bunch of Arsenal pictures and he plasters these pictures all up and down the hall. And at the time, we had a female um, colonel, which is the equivalent of the sheriff, you know, a, a, a division of law enforcement uh, official, the head of the entire agency was, was a lady named Julie Jones. And um, anyway, he calls, he calls her down there and walks her through the hallway. And she's like, Kevin, why are you showing me all these pictures? Who is this long haired guy? And why is he all over the walls? And then he walks her into his office where I happen to be seated. And he says, well, Colonel, I'd like you to meet our newest pilot. That's his pictures on the wall. And she's like, holy crap, I hope you did a drug screen. You know, (laughs) Uh, anyway, it was it was just funny to watch her reaction. And of course, it embarrassed the crap out of me because I had not known that he did that. 
And um, I'm like, dude, why are you putting my pictures on the wall like that? You know, stop it. But um, he had fun with it. It was a, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's almost like it reminds you of Lethal Weapon. <laughs> yes, but it, it was it was a blast. Well, you know, and then when the folks find out now, we actually had it in our agency. Now, the uh, public information officer found out about my band days, and she said, "Hey, well, I want to do a story on you." And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I did that a long time ago. I do this now. Do a story about what we do now. I don't need a story about that, marrying that world and this world together. It really, that's never been about me. I, I've never been, look at me type. You know, I, I hide behind a drum set. You know, I don't want to be out front. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, so now I hide behind a, a cockpit night vision goggles. Nobody sees my face. It's great. Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome what you've got into, you know, from, you know, because I mean, so many people and you still see them now, they're still plugging away, trying to chase the carrot that it, they're not going to get, man. I mean, you know, you might, but I mean, I don't want to be a downer on anybody's gig, you know, obviously, and I don't want to discourage anybody from trying the best they can. But if you've been doing a project, you've been doing one thing for 40 years and nobody's paid attention to you yet. I don't know what else you can do to get them to pay attention to you now. Well, everybody, you know, goes back to like that hobby, you know, musicians mm. before musicians are a unique breed. We all are. We've all got our, our good stuff, our bad stuff, our quirks, the things that enable us to work with other people and the things that keep us from working with other people. But, um, you know, I, like you said earlier, um, we, we've had this family to tie into you know, I mean, as you well know, I still I still talk to Christine. Mm -hmm. um, I still talk to Jerry regularly. Um, every once in a while, JD will resurface briefly and then kind of go away. And I talk to Kevin. You know, and and um, we we have conversation there, and, and I still talk with you. And um, it is a family. Um, it, it's a camaraderie that that can't be eroded. It's a marriage that that can never be divorced. You you've shared in. Uh, we all shared in this this amazing thing many many years ago, and we had fun with it. Uh, if we ever do did anything in the future, we would have fun with it. But I, I don't go under the delusion of the guys that now I'm going to make it big. I'm going to be a writer in Nashville. Well, I couldn't write songs 30 years ago. I probably can't write songs today, but I can probably figure out how to play a drum part to one, and then maybe help you arrange a bridge or arrange a chorus or put the whole thing together. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you that what note you need to play, because I don't know what note you need to play. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's just me being a drummer. I'll go hit stuff. I mean, I don't know. 